Hi folks, so you liked my, my Netflix recap. I got a lot of nice comments on that. A lot of folks asked if I could do a Tour de France podcast. Um, I'm gonna be super honest. I have not watched a bike race since I retired in 2016. A couple exceptions when like a friend of mine uh, was in the breakaway, it looked like they weren't a stage, I would turn it on. But uh, my relationship with pro cycling is complicated in that uh, it kind of felt like I gave it 10 years and it stabbed me in the back. Um, and, and I just, I just didn't want to look at it. And then especially you get to the tour and for, you know, the announcers are, are Chris Horner. Like I cannot look at that guy, super complicated. And at some point I was like, you know what? I should, I should give it a chance again. I should, I should watch this race. Um, and, and we're going to do it together is the idea. We're going to, we're going to get through this together. Uh, this might be like psychologically healthy for me. I have done hundreds of pro races. I do know a bunch of these guys and all these teams, uh, so there might be some things that, that I can share that they won't talk about on TV. I, I do get some squawk from inside the Peloton. Uh, but for the most part, what I'm looking for is to, is to just enjoy this race uh, with, with you folks and see what you think about it and kind of go through it together. I don't want to be like a critic or a negative Nancy. Uh, I just want to tell it like it is. Originally, my plan for this was to have no sponsors. Uh, but then I, I found out what all the web hosting costs and what uh, this this is this microphone was three hundred dollars. So I think it'll pay off. It's going to sound better. Right? It sounds better than my previous version. Uh, I hope so. You're welcome. But I do have to do a little bit of capitalism here. Uh, we'll start with Phil's Cookie Camp. Phil's Cookie Camp is going to be March twenty second, twenty four next year. This is a uh, a fun all weekend, all inclusive, like kind of a high end. We have my Fondo in the fall and that's just, you come ride and there's a meal. Uh, this one, there's there's hotels included. We got like a wine tasting. It's limited to like 35 to 50 people. So by the end of it, like we know each other, we're hanging out, you're petting my dogs. Uh, we're having a good time. We're, it's it's a lot more intimate and, uh, and keep in touch throughout the year kind of thing. Ends up like just honestly a really fun weekend and we all have, we all have a good time. So registration for that is open, philspondo.com. Uh, check that out. That'll be our, our ad for today is my own my own business instead of a sponsor. Some things to think about during this tour. Uh, France seems to be having their George Floyd moment. Uh, there's some crazy protests going on in Paris. They're arresting people. There was a 17-year-old who was shot by police. The, the law, uh, it, it made it where if, if a car tries to drive away from police, they can shoot it. And that was a couple of years ago. And since then, there's been an increase in police shootings. Uh, and there's protests in the street. Uh, someone was suspended, but it seems like that's, that's going to, that's going to fit at some point that's going to connect to the Tour de France, that Paris is a mess at the moment. Uh, and I, I feel like if, if we're doing predictions, uh, you know, there was the climate protesters that, you know, wouldn't be surprised that they come back, but, uh, the whole, a, the police forces are going to be stretched thin at some point, uh, and, and B, that's something to watch out for at some point. The, the Tour de France will cross paths with, uh, whatever reality is taking place. Um, I did watch the, the the team presentation. I'm not going to lie. I, I watched it, you know, mostly like at 2x speed. No one should watch that all the way through. Uh, the team presentation is kind of like an opening ceremony for the Olympics. Picture it that way, where all the riders are sort of introduced. Um, the the back end of that, it's it's pretty tough. Like the riders, you can tell the riders hate it because they got to stand around like, you know, it's, it's get here at four o'clock and, and stand. Well, they, I'm sure they don't make them stand. I'm sure there's chairs for all the riders. You never make a pro cyclist stand the day before the Tour de France, but, uh, but they're all hanging out. For sure, they all got to Bilbao a few days before, 
Um, having being in the same hotel two nights in a row, so stage one was Bilbao to Bilbao, and then you get a couple days beforehand to do whatever press and media and the presentation, um, and like kind of bad interviews on stage in front of a crowd of 200 people. Um, the if you're in the same hotel a few nights in a row, that's like a vacation of these guys. That's so rare to be off the road and to still kind of have that so they get to you know you'll you'll unpack you'll put your stuff in the drawers in the hotel just it feels like such a luxury that you can uh so so it's it's a chill start in that way opening ceremonies had performances by it was snoop dogg and rihanna uh no it was it was like some kind of a it was it was some dancing and some music when i first turned it on i i just you know i subscribed to peacock and i put it on and there was like kind of a river dance looking thing a guy overlooking a cliff and i was like what the fuck i just paid for peacock all right, the, the mustache is gone. I tried to hide it. Some folks are really excited about the mustache. Uh, personally, I was sick of it. It was very controversial in the comments. Um, anyway, there's no more mustache. Rest in peace to, to that guy. But there was a guy dancing along a cliff, and, and, and I'm not criticizing dancing or what an opening ceremony is supposed to be, but uh, I, I, I thought it was going to be an ad for something, and I was pissed because I just paid for Peacock. And I was like, what is this ad? And then it and then it turned over to like a stage on the beach and there was a crowd of looked like a few hundred people watching and they didn't know what they were watching either. And then there was some like drum things. Uh, there were two announcers who who introduced the uh, the mascot for this Tour de France, whose name was Maxu. Uh, not not Max I was for at first I thought it said Maxi, like a maxi pad, and that was funny to me. But uh, it's Maxu. I don't know what they do with the. Ma I don't know why we need a mascot anymore. He looked kind of like a like Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse avatar. Um, it's for the kids. That's fine. It's for the kids. It's not for me. But that's a chance that you see the riders and whatever their new kits are. Uh, Trek debuted their their. Is it Lidl or Lidl? Lidl. It's like a big supermarket chain uh, over there. So that was that's that's a good sponsor to have. Um, goodbye to Segafredo is, is the thing. It, it, I'm not sure how the, the money works out, but it looked like for someone to take over halfway through the year, I'm guessing Segafredo really wanted out and Lytle's like, here's $2 and, and we can move over. Um, so they got their new, people were criticizing the, the aesthetics of the Lytle kit. I'm not, I don't know. You've seen how I dress. I'm not the, you know, the fashionista, but it looked fine to me that, what do you want? It's a Lytle Jersey. There's a Lytle logo and a Trek logo. That's, that's, that's how it's going to go. Um, it, I mean, it looked like it was, I'm not going to say it was designed by like, you know, a fashion designer. It was more like a graphic designer who needed a kit real quick. Uh, that deal was probably done three weeks ago and then they got to print them. So uh, you got to turn that around real fast. So not the most creative, but again, it, you know, it's, you're, you're kind of trying to squeeze a bunch of logos onto the front of uh, a guy who probably weighs 140 pounds. Didn't see any new sponsors other than the Trek thing. Uh, no, no big reveals or, or new kits or anything like that. Uh, EF normally pulls some hijinks. Uh, their helmet this year didn't have any ducks or skateboards or, or waterfowl on it whatsoever. Uh, kind of a surprise. Maybe that comes later, but I think there's a fine. If you change it during the tour, you have to get approval. I'm not sure. Uh, time will tell. Uh, to be clear, do not go back and watch the team presentation. Don't, don't watch that. Don't put yourself through it. There's some new bikes debuted for the tour. If you're into that, there's, I'm sure there's a hundred features and, and dorkery and zoom shots of whatever custom paint schemes. The national champ jerseys, like all the national championships happen the last few weeks. So a lot of guys get their new duds. 
uh, in time for the tour. Some some poor guy has to like print those real fast. You know, you you win three days ago, and here's your New Jersey uh, right before the tour. But that's the nature of it. And you know, you want the. It's nice to see all the different jerseys for the teams and the the national champions racing in the tour. Uh, that's how it should be. Of course, the race starts in Spain, so the opening ceremony starts in Spain. Um, I, I just don't love when the Tour de France happens in another country. Uh, you know, good for good for Basque, and, and they love it, but opening ceremony for the Tour de France, it, I just feel like that should be in France. Call me crazy. Okay, on to the race. Uh, overall, I'm just going to do some predictions here. Why not? I'm going to do some predictions. Uh, you guys tell me if I sound crazy or not. Uh, I'm going to think Pogacar wins. They came with a stronger team. They've got uh, they got Adam Yates to support him. So the last year, I think I think he lost last year for two reasons. One, I think he thought he was going to win by half an hour, and he sort of hot dogged the first week um, and never came out of that hole. I think uh, Vingago took advantage of of Pogacar's overconfidence, and then and then having a stronger team certainly helped him. They got him isolated one day, and that was the majority of Pogacar's time losses was from one stage uh, where you know hopefully they don't get him isolated again. But I think, uh, I, I think he's the strongest guy, and he's going to be smart enough to race a little more conservatively, take time where he can, and, and use his teammates more. I think the two teams are – Jumbo-Visma is still a stronger team for sure, but I think, I think it's closer now and enough to sort of neutralize. But you never know what could happen on the road. Uh, other predictions, I'm going way out on a limb here. <laughs> Cavendish is going to win a stage. Uh, Cavendish basically like extended his retirement – so that he could do one more tour, he signed to Astana, which I'm sure wasn't his first choice. Uh, that happened super late in the year. It, he there's a whole team and, and millions of dollars invested and many months on on Cavendish breaking this Tour de France record. He's currently tied with the number of stage wins uh, with that record. He wants to beat that. He's a guy who knows how to win stages better than anybody else in the history of bike racing. Uh, he's super savvy. He's got a team behind him. He's he's not going to mess this up. I think Cav is gonna is gonna get a stage. Uh, I think he's going to do it early. Here's the part of the prediction that might not be a little bit more obvious. I think he's going to. I think he's going to get that stage and then maybe do one or two, but he's going to peace out. I don't think Cav bothers to go all the way to the Champs Elysees. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him, you know, break the record by four. But I think he's going to take it by one, and uh, and and it's just going to be at some point the race is going to get really hard. He's going to be like, eh, I got it. I've done enough. I'm I'm going to go home. I'm pushing forty now, uh, and and. You know, tip of the cap to him, he does it. One more prediction: uh, Mike Woods gonna get a, gonna get a stage win. Uh, first week, he he likes the the Basque, he likes the steep climbs, uh, and a little bit of a homer situation because I like Mike Woods. I'd love to see that. Uh, I was watching the the NBC, the Peacock, whatever we're calling it now, feed the cock. Uh, Brent Bookwalter was was replacing Chris Horner. God, that made me happy uh, to not have to hear Chris Horner. That was one of the reasons I was like, okay, I could watch it this year. Uh, I liked Brent. Uh, Brent was a super long, solid career, like kind of a quiet guy in the peloton, not big on, like, if you haven't heard of him, you're forgiven because he was just, he was just racing his bike, uh, at a very high level. Uh, he was on BMC for a long time. He, he, he bounced around a little bit towards the end, but like super solid career. He did, uh, he did win a Tour de France with Cadell Evans. He was on, uh, that team with Cadell. Um, but he was a Girona guy, pleasant dude, uh, no, no drama, nothing, nothing bad to say about Brent. I've never known him super well. I, I knew him when my, my first year racing, I was collegiate racing, University of Florida, and he was at Lees McRae. I believe he would have been like a junior or a senior, and Lees McRae was like a big cycling school that was like a varsity sport there and scholarships and whatnot. So they would let him just like go do national team races and like show up at class 
uh, twice a year. Kind of like, like the way the UF team would treat football players, UF school would treat football players, uh, Lise McRae would treat the cyclists. So we, we just did the whole collegiate season and saw Brent like twice. And then at uh, the SEC championships, Brent, of course, had to show up for that one. And I just remember, like, I've I've been racing, like, five months, and it's this, like, parking lot crit, super twisty, and Brent would not stop lapping the field. He, uh, it was a short course, and he would just, he was more of, a, like, a mountain biker then, or kind of both, uh, but, like, solid bike handler. He was already on a pro team and the national team, and he was super sharp. But I just, my memory of Brent, he lapped the field five times, and, and we were all just chasing him all day. I lapped four times, and then finally crashed, just, like, trying to follow him through a turn. Uh, I was not ready. For, for what Brent was doing, and then just sort of watched him. And I, gradually, I felt better about him kicking my ass as he you know, got to the very top of the peloton. And so cool to see him uh, on the NBC coverage. Uh, he was doing a good job. Stage one, I thought, uh, I thought Brent looked great. Um, and, and again, anybody other than Chris Horner, I'd rather have a, a lawn flamingo. Um, but, but Brent was a, a solid, solid replacement, and I thought just did a, did a great job. And of course, Bob Roll. Uh, I always enjoy Bob Roll. I've hung out with him before. Um, Phil Liggett's solid stuff. The tough job just talking about the Tour de France all day and trying to make it interesting when even the riders know it's not uh, and they're taking breaks. So it's easy to criticize those folks uh, from from the social medias or whatever because they're if you give them five hours to blab, they're going to say something ridiculous. Um, but but tough job, and I actually like the crew who's who's on top of it this year. Uh, the stage itself, stage one, uh, not super interesting, pretty controlled. You know. It, it wasn't going to be like a field sprint, so it was sort of who's going to decide to, to take control, but there was a couple teams. There's always someone who thinks they are going to win the stage, so it's not hard to find folks to kind of raise their hand and, and all right, we'll bring the breakaway back. Uh, but it was five dudes, which is which is not hard to keep under wraps. Um, and they came back early, the break. The early break went and then came back with 30K to go, which was confusing to me because then you don't, you don't want the break to come back that early because then another break could go. Uh, and then now who's chasing it? Uh, but I realized the reason they did that was because the, the KOM points, there was one climb that had, so normally the breakaway would soak up the KOM points, but if you bring it back and the climb that has the most points is at the end, uh, then basically the field can battle for the, for the KOM jersey. So that was how they played it. Um, and, and Nielsen Palace got the points for the KOM jersey. So that's a guy, like he, they said he was 26 on his fourth tour. Uh, that's insane. I think this is going to be the tour where he makes a mark. He's starting with uh, with polka dots. Uh, love to see that. I hope his dad brought the pow- proud Papa Palace that we saw in the Champs Elysees last year. I hope that jersey or that shirt is available. Where he got more made. Um, send me one. No, I'm not his. Ba- I'm not his dad. Proud Palace. Whatever. I like the alliteration. I like the shirt. Uh, bright pink. Let's uh, let's hope we see more reasons to wear that. Uh, of course, green jersey also up for grabs. There were some intermediate sprints. Uh, interesting to see who went for those and who didn't. Uh, Wout did not. I think Wout and and Vanderpool were were looking at the stage victory, which which makes sense. So they're not gonna not gonna waste a couple sprints uh, in the middle. Cavendish did go for it, uh, so that's an indicator that at least he's keeping the opportunity open to to try and finish the whole Grand Tour. You know, it's also I, it'd be pretty cool for him to end it with the green jersey on his back. Uh, I think personally, I think that's like a little bit lofty. I don't know if he's if he's still in shape for that. I think I think he's for sure in shape to savvy himself into some stage wins. Uh, the consistency for the green jersey, it's a uh, you know it's a lot for an old man who's made his money and has enough records and and shouldn't care that much. Uh, Mads Peterson also going for it. Yes, for Phillipson also going for it. So the the green jersey is shaping up exactly as expected. No one's going to kind of give up day one, uh, but we'll see how it shapes out after the first few sprints. 
So the stage, it, it wasn't it wasn't flat, it wasn't hilly, but there were some bumps that were definitely gonna uh, take the sprinters out. This was not gonna be a sprinter stage. So you could sort of see the see, see those sprinters looking like, okay, what's the what's the bump where I can sort of drop out uh, and and find a group to cruise in and, and save energy and not have to push over. Uh, so it looked like that was the one with with around 20k to go. They're uh, they're like, all right, here's our gruppetto. Um, so those guys all came off sort of together as expected, and it was going to be a stage between not a pure climber, not a pure spinner, but it did the it Pogacar lit it up. Uh, the Yates brothers ended up attacking over the top, so it was all the guys test each other. Everyone sort of looked at each other's legs. Pogacar was like, "Okay, Vingegaard's still here." All the hitters, as expected, were in there, um, but then they didn't decide like, "Okay, I'm gonna." Pogacar didn't try to take time that day. Jonas didn't attack. They're like, okay, this is this is the selection. This is who it's going to be. So sort of a sizing each other up moment. Uh, and then the Yates brothers got away together, which is they're, they're twins um, that uh, adorable. I'm sure mom and dad were very proud. Or were mom and dad, do you have to pick sides? You know, is, is mom cheering for, for one and dad cheering for the other one? A little bit awkward in a way. Um, you know, also with the twins, who, who came out first? Who's older? That's always an interesting question. I'm not sure with those two. And then when one feels pain, does the other feel pain? Uh, in this case, absolutely yes. <laughs> You're attacking with a K to go at the tour. Uh, they showed a little bit of uh, Bilbao history. You can tell like when, when they start in a different country or really anywhere they start, the city is paying for that. The city's paying for the host or at least like comping free hotels and police, stuff like that. They're offsetting a bunch of the expenses that would happen. Uh, so they did They did a little Bilbao promotion. Guggenheim Museum looks beautiful. Uh, Basque region is great, especially stay out of there in April. It never stops raining. But uh, summer... Basque country, uh, lovely, and the crowds are always super cool. The, there's serious bike fans there. Uh, Peter Sagan was also going for the bonus sprint. He was he was in the points for the green jersey. I was surprised to see that uh, he was recently uh, arrested for a DUI or or some kind of suspended sentence for DUI. He seems like a guy who's not entirely focused on the situation right now, and he's got some other things going on. Uh, I wish the best for Peter Sagan. I have, have a bad feeling that he's going to be a guy who's like you know, goes broke in five years and, and sort of a sad story. But uh, but we'll see. And now he's fit enough to sprint with the best in the world. So, but yeah, if you're getting hammered balls and, and you know, getting arrested at 2 a.m. in Monaco, uh, it, that was in May, uh, doesn't indicate you're on top form for the Tour of July. First week of the Tour is notoriously uh, crash heavy. There's, there's nerves and it's one of those like, it's it's dangerous because everyone says it's dangerous. So you're you're fighting for position, you're nervous. I think the, the bumpy stage today kind of helped to sort of, uh, levels things out and evens things out. Um, if it's if it's pan flat, then there's just nothing to do but fight for position all day, and that's when the, the bad crashes happen. So there were a couple uh, on descents. Um, a couple guys went home. I saw Carapaz had a crash. Didn't look good for he's their GC guy, and he was he was limping in and lost time, so he's no longer their GC guy. So no pressure on on Palace for that KOM. Um, saw a brief glimpse of Mon Manuel Garate on there, uh, getting out of the car and helping Carapaz up. Um, I, I love, we call him Juan Ma on the team. He was a director when I was on that team. Uh, love that dude. He, for, I don't know why, but for a couple of years, he kept pocket dialing me. Like I'd see him on WhatsApp and it was, I always loved it. Like I know, I know I, I, there's, there's no reason to answer because he's, he meant, but uh, it's it just great to see. Like, oh, what's up, Juan Ma? <laughs> One of the news things from the, from the tour this week was that they're allowing the race radio to be transmitted. So the riders and what they're saying to the team directors uh, can be on TV. Not all the teams allowed that, but some of the teams. And I, I noticed they did like a test for it. 
of, of okay, let's get into the team car, whatever. Let's we can do this this year. Uh, and literally the first thing out of the the mic was was what the fuck. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was about, but that's going perfectly. It's going, you couldn't have hoped for better than that. So like I said, some bumps in the road. Uh, this stage wouldn't, never going to be a big GC stage, but an indicator of who will be in the GC mix. Really more of a stage for the, the Matthew Vanderpoels, the Wout Van Aerts. Uh, ultimately, the, the sneak away move from, from the Yates brothers and, and Adam wins. Um, again, I wonder, is that awkward? Is, is, is Simon... Can he pretend to be happy for his brother? Obviously, he want to win, but he sort of just like rode him off the last. It wasn't really a sprint. It wasn't contested. It was just like Adam was pulling, and then his brother was a little bit down. Uh, so it, at least it wasn't like a bike throw, and, and there's no elbowing taking place. That would have made it much harder to deal with. So that means UAE looks good. Uh, also notice that Bernal, uh, Bernal was right up in there. He wasn't in the front front group, but he was he was just behind the chase group. Uh, that's a good sign for Bernal. There was a couple when when I referred to Quintana as a doper. Uh, you know, the nation of Colombia, they're, they're big cycling fans, they're passionate people. A lot of folks were mad that I, that I, I didn't criticize, well, I mean, I guess I did criticize Quintana, but, uh, you know, he did take Tramadol when he knew what it was supposed to. So there's, they made the point and distinction that it's, he wasn't doping, he was cheating, because doping is determined by WADA, and cheating is determined by the UCI. It was like, or potato potato, you guys, like that guy took a pill that he knew he wasn't supposed to to perform in a bike race. Uh, and a painkiller, absolutely, whatever. So I'm, and you're also talking to a guy who, like, the best result of my my very middling career was finishing second overall to Quintana uh, at at a stage race. So I don't have a lot of patience for that guy. And and for all the folks saying like, you know, our, I would say one thing as a guy who was a fan of Lance Armstrong coming up, let's all do our best to not attach our like national or personal pride to uh, to one professional bicycle racer. Uh, that that often doesn't end well. Um, but I'm going to also throw out, like, Quintana's not your best guy. Focus on Bernal. Bernal, uh, Bernal seems to be a great dude. He's had some adversity coming up, and maybe maybe he gets it back. Uh, I'd, I'd be stoked to see that. And I love Colombia. I love the people of Colombia. I love the nation. Uh, I've, I've been there a bunch of times. Uh, awesome, awesome spot. Uh, so just some questions that I kind of want to go through every day, and maybe this part will evolve. The whole thing will evolve. We'll see what you guys like. Let me know what you guys like, what you want to see more of, less of. Uh, feel free to ask questions in the in the YouTube comments. Uh, but if you haven't watched the stage, do you want to watch it? Uh, I would say you're safe to skip it. I would say watch the last the last 5K. Watch the last 5K. Uh, you don't have to watch the whole thing. On a scale of, of zero, which is leave it off, to, to 10, which is uh, make my wife Emily watch it, I'm going to put this at a two, but you know, check it out if you want to see the new jerseys and you want to kind of get an eye on the, on the riders. And, and if you're a Yates fan, for sure, uh, check it out. Uh, if you're a Nelson fan, for sure, check it out. If you were there watching in person, uh, where would you want to be on this course? There's a lot of, you know, this, the road, the roadside climbs always looks like a scene. There's, you know, people with some kind of smoke things and flags. The, th the problem with that is, you know, you're standing there all day. Hey, you got to get there. Uh, you got to probably riding bikes up there, which is, that's a cool part. But then, you know, you're taking your shirt off, you're, you're standing around. It's a lot of standing around for hours for the riders to come by for a couple minutes. Um, there was a part where right along the coast, there was what looked like a rooftop bar and a bunch of people, you know, they just have a big screen set up and they were sort of dancing. That's why, I, that's where I would be. 
Uh, let me know where you'd like to be watching this stage from. Uh, you know, the finish line's always sort of a mess, and then you got traffic coming down. So keep those things in mind. But if you had to watch the stage, uh, where would it be? I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of. That's gonna be a question I revisit every day. You know, overall, have it on. Do the dishes. Do the laundry. It's, it's background noise. Uh, pay attention to the last few K. Uh, watch the last KOM going on, and then watch the finish. Uh, all good. I, I enjoyed good, good first stage. As first stages go. Uh, we're primed. We got a little. We got a little blue balls for the GC guys, all kind of uh, shuffling up and, and eyeing each other. Uh, we got a sense of what's coming up, and, uh, and and we're ready to go for another three weeks. Tomorrow's stage looks pretty similar. Uh, kind of lumpy hills, a, a little bit bigger hills, but kind of hard to tell who the favorites are going to be. Most likely not a thing that the GC guys are going to go for. Um, I'm thinking more. I'm thinking similar today as far as the the way it pans out tactically, and you know maybe not a Yates twins escape in the finale, but, uh, but a wow to Vanderpool, uh, those kind of dudes, maybe a Pitcock gets in there. Um, but, but definitely a play, a stage where like the, the GC guys have to pay attention and, and be on top of it. They're going to be right in that mix as well. All right. So thanks for watching. We'll, uh, we'll do our best to keep this going. And, uh, and again, leave, leave a comment of, of what you'd like to see, how you'd like to see this evolve and, uh, and Phil's cookie camp, March 22 to 24, uh, join us. That's going to be a great time. That's uh, I'm, I'm my own sponsor for, for today's episode. See you tomorrow.